0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving,
1: we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Hey, welcome into the Sink Truth Podcast. Mark Schlerth alongside Mike Evans, my co-host. Thank you so much for being with us again as we... uh dive into week one Mike it's exciting you know I've always said that the NFL is a
1: 365 day a year beast that needs to be fed and we have, we did that very well and the NFL thank you for providing mm-hmm. storylines and topics throughout the entire long offseason. but now
0: we get to talk about games I know it and I know some
1: it. some really intriguing ones right off the bat and let's just kind of jump right into it I the p- potential for an upset San Francisco on the road at Pittsburgh <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Obviously, Brock Purdy, there's a lot of people. They made a decision now to get rid of their third overall draft pick in Trey Lance and say, hey, ship him out of here for a fourth rounder. We believe in Brock Purdy. And what Brock Purdy did last year was nothing short of exceptional. He was great. Of course, when you have George Kittle and you've got a great running game, you've got Debo Samuel and you've got, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you've got all those abilities to kind of have interchangeable parts. I think the one thing that interests me about this game is no Nick Bosa. And Nick Bosa is an absolute beast. He's still working on a new contract. Um, So I don't believe he will be playing. I don't believe he'll be showing up. But they did go out and get Javon Hargrave. They do have some inside guys that are a problem. And then you look at Pittsburgh. I mean, under Mike Tomlin, um, I love the effect. I think one of the things that really interests me, the way they run the ball, the way they counter this kind of, and this is a trend. And San Francisco has done it. The Philadelphia Eagles have done it. Multiple defensive linemen dress seven, eight, nine guys during game day, and rotate those sons of guns so they're always fresh. So they're always putting pressure on your run game. So they're always putting pressure on your quarterback. And a lot of teams are mimicking that now, or trying to develop that kind of that kind of stable up front of guys that can really play. So we'll see exactly how they do without Nick Bosa. But um, you know, I, I keep going back to what Mike Tomlin once told me last year. About um, their running game, Najee Harris, and and what he said was, "Hey man, you've got to understand from a maturity standpoint that every meal is not a banquet." You got to know when to take, you know, you got to know when just to eat appetizers, right? You got to know when to just take a four yard gain or a three yard gain and just turn that into a physical, nasty kind of play that sets up our play action and does some of that stuff for us. So I, I think that's one of the things that'll be interesting for me to watch is Kenny Pickett and those guys, you know, try to upset the 49ers. We know you're a big Kyle Shanahan guy. You're a big Shanahan guy from sure. your day spent with, with
1: Mike Shanahan. I totally get it. But with Pittsburgh, are you a Kenny Pickett guy? Because if you are, and if he is, yeah. The answer, then, my goodness, the transition, the the rebuild for the Steelers post Ben Roethlisberger will have happened fast.
0: Yeah, a, tiny little hands. Um, you know, <laughs> pray for his hands. Pray for his tiny little hands. <laughs> hey, Kenny Pickett is is legit, and uh, Kenny Pickett really is like a football junkie. Um, he's a really good fit for Pittsburgh. I do, I do believe that. You know, with George Pickens, who I think is going to have just this breakout season for them at the receiver position, I really do. They, like, what is it, 15 years in a row now that, that Tomlin hasn't had a, a losing season? Just the, when you walk in there and you talk to Mike Tomlin, the confidence, um, it's not arrogance, man, it's just confidence, belief, Um and you can feel his team has that and the competition, you know, the great teams that I've been around as I travel around the league, the great teams just on practice on Friday, you see the way they compete on Fridays, you know, where a lot of teams are trying to take Friday off like, hey, man, this is just an easy walkthrough and they're competing their asses off and I just have so much respect for him as a coach, the job that he has done. I, I really I really appreciate that about him. That should be a great matchup, by the well, way. Well, you're a big culture guy, and I, I would think Pittsburgh is – I mean, they've got a living, breathing
1: culture, right? Yes. I mean, they have a standard yeah. that just everybody understands
0: this is – this is what it is. What, what you know, I had this conversation with Mike Tomlin. I've had it with several different coaches. And coaches are so, you know, don't want to step out of, you know, the the realm of what we do and everyday is planned and and I said to I said to Mike Tomlin, like I've had this idea forever and I see you doing it. And and my idea would be one day like in the OTAs, right? It's just a day. But in the OTAs, make the defense go to offensive meetings and make the offense go to defensive meetings and then make them go out and practice on the football field that way. Make the defensive lineman play offensive line, vice versa. You just do that for a day. And I go and, and I think what you would learn, the value of what you would learn was the problems the other guys have. Like everybody's got issues, right? And it would have a help you have a deeper understanding of your of your teammates' issues. And I've always thought, like, this has always been an idea that's floating around this in is, this my head. This is a Mark Schlerer thing. This, isn't, this is nothing that you did in Washington or no, that, no, no, or no. Denver. It's always been something that has, has like, resonated in okay. my head because, like, I know having played defense in college, like, I, I understand the issues probably better than somebody who hasn't played defense in college, been an offensive player their entire career. And I, I just think it would help you kind of have almost develop empathy for everybody else on your football team, not just what your problems are, but what their problems are. And so I, I showed the Friday practice, and Mike Tomlin runs a drill where the backs are catching the ball out of the backfield and try to shake it down one on one. You know, they're not tackling to the ground, but they're just trying to fit up and, you know, tap. And so he's going, the backs are going against in this drill linebackers and, and safeties. And all of a sudden, they get about halfway through the drill. He blows the whistle and goes, All right, switch it up. Now all of a sudden, the safeties and the linebackers are catching the ball, and the backs are trying to fit Ooh. up on them. And I'm, I'm, I tell like you what, a proud papa. the energy. Well, I didn't tell him about it. He just, he just he did. did. He does, does it on his own. Great minds, and yeah, great minds think alike. But the energy and the excitement, and also the respect that the running backs had for what those safeties have to go through or those linebackers have to go through and vice versa. I, th- I just thought it was a really – for me, it was a really cool moment to see to see a coach actually do that, and it created some fun and some competition and everything else in practice. I thought it was a good idea. San Francisco-Pittsburgh, looking forward to that one. How about this one? Green Bay and
1: Chicago, basically a pick'em game. By the way, we'll do our moneymaker – Or money-losing
0: picks. With three picks against the spread, we'll keep tally all season long. The moneymaker picks sure to go wrong. (laughs) I'll pick my three, you pick your three. We'll go flip-flop back and forth over the course of the season. You'll keep a... uh, stellar record you'll Very just meticulous, meticulous yes. in your uh, in your penmanship With over my there yeah. yes and uh, and we will see who uh, who wins again uh, i think i'm undefeated in 3 years of doing it but uh, i think you normally win in the regular season but i dominate in the playoffs when it really matters the, the but most. would you have gotten to the playoffs I would have snuck
1: in. No, I don't. It's like the I, Bill Parcell's line. Just I, get into the tournament. Just, just get, just, in. just get into right. the tournament. Green Bay and Chicago. Fascinating from a, a couple of standpoints. Let's start with the uh, Chicago. A lot of belief out there around the NFL world that Justin Fields is poised to make
0: the leap. Are you one of them? Um I think that's real I think it's really interesting because what he did last year from the beginning of the year toward the end of the year was pretty remarkable. Um, the leap he made. You know, you, you, I, I compared him. I did a game early in the season, and I compared him to my golf game, meaning that I have one one drive or a couple shots around that make me think, man, if I just could be consistent, I could be really good at golf. I've right? seen this. I've yes. seen this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he had those you know, shots that keep you coming back to the course. Mm. Early in his career, man, he'd make some awful decisions and awful throws. But then he would have that one, you know, that seam where a linebacker's trying to carry the tight end down the seam, the safety is in the middle of the field, and he just absolutely drives the football away from the safety's hips, and it's just perfectly placed. And you're like, whoa! Like, that was, I mean, that was, because he got a hose. Like, that was an absolute shot. And you see that, and you go, man, if he could just put that together on a more consistent basis. Well, what you saw last year was him doing that with, you know their running game and with their quarterback run game and Luke Getze, I think is their offensive coordinator did a great job of of you know figuring that out and 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 doing that for them so yeah I think there's a lot of excitement for good reason there's a lot of excitement with with Fields and we'll see if he takes that next step I mean that's that's what we're here for and defensively man they were so young they were one of those you know like it's like a baseball team where they bring up all their September call-ups, a team that's not very good, and they're going, "Hey, like we're just giving the young kids a chance to cut their teeth and thrive, and they're going to become big-time major leaguers." Well, last year they did that on defense too, to a regard, like their whole secondary, young players, you know, young players all over the place, scattered on that on that defensive football team. And I kept thinking to myself, calling those games, eventually these guys are going to grow up, and and they're they're already talented and they're already pretty good, but they're going to get really good. They're they're a sneaky team. They're a sneaky team. We'll see exactly how they play. Green Bay, life after Aaron Rodgers, what's it going to look like? I think you're going to be blown away. One of my one of my guys that I think has a chance to be a breakout player this season is Jordan Love. And I think he took some of the lessons from Aaron Rodgers. I think he took some of the lessons um from being competitive at practice and really grew in his practice habits and the way he attacked the Aaron Rodgers told me last year, he goes, here's a guy that that took that scouting, that look squad, and just owned it. And Aaron had told told uh Jordan Love, like, the the way I got good at my off platform throws, the way I got good at all the things that I do was cutting our defense up when I was backing up FARV. I went out every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday and my sole mission was to punish our defense. And he goes, when you start practicing with that, that kind of attitude, and start working on your craft in that, like that's when you're really going to take off. And you go back a couple of years ago when he played against, it was a Kansas City Chiefs, he was just bad, and then go back to last year, is maybe two years ago, and then go back to last year when he played, I think, against Dallas, like the growth and the it was exponential. I think I think he's got a chance to be a big breakout type player. Big early season battle in the NFC East. Dallas at
1: the Giants. Dallas has won 11 of the past 12 meetings in the regular season between these two teams. That's dominance. You know it from your days with the mm-hmm. Broncos when you went what 11 and 1 against the Raiders over a stretch, sure. The Giants, what they did last year, breakout season for them. Do they build on it, or is
0: there maybe kind of a market correction for them? Well, I think you look at the NFC East in general, and with Philly and with Dallas and even Washington to a degree, there is so much talent within that division. And you look at the Giants, man. They did that with uh, very limited talent on the offensive side of the ball, uh, their quarterback played really well, especially in the run game. You know, his breakout season had 15 touchdown passes, but I think he had seven rushing touchdowns. So what they did balancing him in the running game along with Saquon Barkley, I, I thought that was exceptional. Isaiah Hodgins, uh, they, they got him out of Buffalo. And um, I tell you what, four TDs in the last five games, he was like he became the go-to guy. Uh, for Daniel Jones and I thought he was really good. I I think the big deal for me and watching them in the preseason, all the two and three tight end sets, they went out and got Darren Waller and Darren Waller is a complete football player. I mean he can split out wide, he can play in the run game as the Y. He can be the F guy in motion. He can do a lot of different things for you. But Darren Waller's a legit player. Like he's a complete tight end, one of the top one of the top guys. When you start tearing the guys, you know, as far as like the guys that can really play and do all things like Kittle. You put Kittle in there. You put uh, Dallas Goddard in there. I think he's one of those guys. Well, they've got, they've got Darren Waller. They've also got a guy I believe by the name of, is it Bellinger? Um, yep. I think it's Bellinger that was a rookie last year who was really, like really exceptional. So they're two and three tight end sets, I believe, are going to be a big part of what they do offensively. Um yeah, they're, a, they're, an interesting, they're an interesting bunch, and then you look at them on defense. I mean, one thing about Wink Martindale, we know him well. He was a linebacker coach here. He was a defense coordinator in Baltimore. Wink Martindale is a believer in, I'm going to bust you in the mouth. I'm going to blitz you on first down, second down, third down. He'll always be one of the top two or three guys in the league when it comes to blitzing the opponent's quarterback. And one of the things he loves to do, especially on first down, is bring pressure. Get you behind the chains. you're running game, all of a sudden, it's second down and 12, and now he's got you. And he does a great job. So he's one of those guys. Now, you'll give up some big plays, but his belief is, in the end of the game, if I give up five big plays, I'm going to make eight, and I'm going to beat your ass.
1: For the Cowboys, you made some very celebrated comments about uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys right. on this podcast in the last couple of uh, sure. days. But am I... Am I over-exaggerating things in talking about Dak Prescott as being at a crossroads in his career? Where is it going to go Right, as the Dallas Cowboys quarterback? Feels like he's kind of reached that that proverbial fork well, in the road.
0: It feels even more so now that the head coach didn't have anything to do with trading for a quarterback who was the third overall pick and Trey Lance, and you know, and then the head coach has to come out and say something ridiculous like, uh, oh, he's got a beautiful mind, like everything we gave him in the after. Well, I don't – like the, the whole beautiful mind concept I don't care. Like, I know a lot of guys. Well, he had to come up with something. Right, but I know a lot of guys. It's almost, it's almost, that's the beautiful mind thing is like a backhanded compliment. It's like saying, hey, the dude is crafty as a pitcher, right? He's, which when you say a dude is crafty, it means he can't throw hard, right? So now he's got to find a different way to get it out. When I say beautiful mind or when I hear beautiful mind in football parlance, you know what it says to me? The guy's really good on a grease board. Ain't worth a shit when he gets on the field. But, man, can he answer all the questions on a grease board? That's the beautiful mind comment to me. And yet you brought him in. So now there's already that kind of internal tension on... Dak Prescott and I love. I think Dak Prescott's a really good player. I really do. I think he's a. I think he's got an old soul. I think he's a smart guy. Um, now all of a sudden, Mike McCarthy's going to take over the play calling aspects of this, and you know it'll be there will be there will still be the scheme and stuff. But you know my understanding of M- uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, and, and this comes from. From Aaron Rodgers like there's a lot that has to do on the quarterback's plate like hey man I want you to go after in critical situations second down and seven plus third down and long you pick the matchup you like and you just dictate like that's like so scheme wise there's a lot of that individualism that's put on the quarterback's shoulders well you know Dak is gonna have a chance to prove it either you are the guy that leads the Cowboys forward in the future or maybe you're not. And this is kind of the year. I mean, this is a prove it year. And you know, I always say this about the Cowboys, they're they're so talented, they're going to be good. They're going to win a lot of games. And then they'll um you know, they'll they'll get in the playoffs and they'll piss down their legs like they do every year.
1: Hmm. Uh Philadelphia and New England speaking about Ooh. quarterbacks that may be at a bit of a crossroads, mm-hmm. Mac Jones. Yeah. This is a big year for Mac Jones to show whether or not he can be the long-term answer in New England. He gets his first opportunity with a real offensive coordinator for the first time in a couple of years. Bill O'Brien's back, and he's doing it in front of Tom Brady. Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady being honored uh, for this game, and there's got to be a lot of Patriot legends there. So, oh man, how does uh, Squishy Mac handle all that? I think Squishy Mac will handle it
0: well. I, you know, I just... should we explain why we call him Squishy Mac? By the way, for the viewers, well, I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. His body looks squishy.
1: Do you remember that picture after yeah. they wanna title it Alabama? Right, he had his right. shirt off, right? It was smoking kind of, a cigar. Yeah, kind of.
0: Woo-hoo, yeah, woo-hoo, woo-hoo. <laughs> yeah I'm A little squishy. Yeah, when I yeah when I saw in that picture, I just instantly want to stick my finger in his belly button. <laughs> Nobody else felt that way. Anybody Nobody. Else? Yeah. Is it only all me? Right. <laughs> Um, you want to do No, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I don't think you wash inside your belly button very well. That would just be my guess. That would just be. My, I've worked After with you for a long time. Just an old piece of lint in there, right? You know? Um, yeah, you know, I, I I go back to his rookie year and meeting with Josh McDaniels and meeting with Bill Belichick. I, the deal was anything we give him, he can assimilate it. He can understand it. And he can go out on the football field and execute it, which is different than the beautiful mind, right? There's a lot of guys that can take it in, simulate it, draw it up on a grease board and can't execute it. Mm-hmm. And the point, especially with Josh, was like, hey, man, there is nothing that he is not in charge of at the line of scrimmage. He has got total and complete authority to get us out of bad plays, bad looks, and he knows what to get to. And as a rookie, he took them after Tom Brady. As a rookie, took them to the playoffs. And he played pretty well in his rookie year. Last year, abject disaster. You know, there was... I mean, you had a special teams coach that got fired from the Giants. You had a defensive coach that got fired from the Lions being or co-offensive coordinators. Like, okay, that was a dumb experiment that we all saw coming in the beginning. But... I think now with Bill O'Brien back there, you've got some stability. You know, there will be give and take. Obviously, Bill O'Brien will get after you. Bill O'Brien, excuse me, will get after you. So, like, I think that's a, I think it's a good thing for Squishy Mac. I expect him to have a, a, a somewhat of a bounce back. I
1: think uh, Tom Brady and Bill O'Brien can have a screaming match just for old time's sake, you know, just to kind of line up the yeah. pregame festivities. Up your,
0: No up yours!
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to see that. Philadelphia, you know, it's... There's a, there's a belief out there that it's the team that wins the Super Bowl that tends to have the hangover the next yeah. year. Actually, it's the team that loses the Super Bowl that mm-hmm. historically tends to have the hangover the next season. What about Philadelphia? Are they a team that will suffer a hangover for what happened in the Super Bowl, or will they come back even more
0: hungry and determined? I think there's a couple of things. I think, one, Nick Seriani knows what he is, the head coach of the Eagles. Now, you lose both your coordinators. That happens to you when you have success. So that, you know, offensively, that would scare me a little bit. But they are so talented. And one of the things I always say about them with their quarterback run game, with their run game, with their their passing game, with the RPO game, with all the the talent that they have – they can line up. It's like Globo, Jim. You know, I use this line all the time. We're better than you and we know it. Like one of the things about them when you watch them, they've done such a good job of building their offensive line and having depth on their offensive line. Even when they lose a guy, like Cam Jurgens comes in, he was a second round pick. The dude is a player. Like and he's just been waiting his turn to fill in. Now he's gonna play guard, right guard, and they won't they won't miss a beat. And here's the thing I love about them. You want to, like, how do you want to play us? You want to play us little? We'll smash you. We just will, like, duo stuff, gap. We'll just smash you, run it right down your freaking gullet. We don't care. Oh, you want to play big? We can get to your edge with the pin and pull game. Our center can pull, get out there in the space, or we can run the screen game. We've got options. So there's no way that you can line up that they can't beat you up in that Personnel grouping, or or however you want to do that as a defense, so they've got that duality to to create opportunity for themselves and beat you in a myriad of different ways. And then you add the quarterback run stuff to it with Jalen Hurts and that maturation that he's gone through as a passer. Now, you know, you lose your your offensive coordinator, and I think um, Shane Steichen, their offense coordinator, I think that's a big loss because one thing. I think that Shane Steichen has been able to do, whether it was with Jalen Hurts or you go beyond that, to the Chargers when he had Justin Herbert. And I think one of the things he's been able to do is to make football simple for the quarterback, right? To create mechanisms, if you will, to create a mechanism to to have the quarterback understand pre-snap what the coverage is, what they're in, and where to go with the football. And I think Steichen does a really good job of coaching his QBs so the game is simple for them. Now they have to, you know, they have to have the aptitude to do it, but it was always the thing that impressed me most about Justin Herbert, talking to Justin Herbert, is you'd ask him a question and the game was just simple to him. And I think Shane Steichen has a lot to do with his kind of his growing up in the league and you know, taking the league by storm. Remember, he's supposed to be the backup, and they puncture Tyrod Taylor's lung. You know, the doctor does give him a shot in the ribs, and the next thing you know, a star is born. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that Steichen did that with Jalen Hurts um, when when head coach Nick Sariana gave up play calling duty after after seven weeks in his first season, and then last year, of course, they go to the Super Bowl. So that's a that's a possible big loss to me. Bills and Jets. I can't wait for your money maker picks.
1: Uh, Bills are a two and a half point favorite at the Jets, and seeing as how you swing from Aaron Rodgers' yarbles in a hammock, I uh-huh. gotta believe this is one you're going to be jumping on.
0: Uh, yeah, I would normally jump on that. This was like one thing competing against you is. I I picked all my picks. I had one eye closed when I was picking my picks. Like well, I just I did it like this because it's it's like if I use both eyes to look at the spreads, it'd be too easy. Oh really? It would be just too. Oh, it would so be too you easy. Want to leave me a and, few. Uh, yeah, and I looked and at, crumbs along the. way. I looked at that game and I said, you know what? He knows. He knows that Aaron Rodgers is going to open a can of whoop ass on the Bills. He knows there's some problem with the Bills, and I'm going to let I'm going to leave that low hanging fruit for him this time. Mm-hmm. And did you jump on it? Nope, nope, totally oblivious <laughs> to what's going on.
1: <laughs> well, can you explain to me why Buffalo's a favorite?
0: Oh, yeah, because you know, odds makers are, Ooh, oh, the Buffalo Bills have been so good. Oh, Josh Allen's a superstar. Oh, you know.
1: And Aaron Rodgers isn't? No, uh, you know. On the big stage in New York?
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, well, I mean, Buffalo's from New York. So, are they? yes, <laughs> they are. are.
1: They are they really from New York? I mean, Plus,
0: you know, you look at the talent with Stephon Diggs. You look at the talent with Gabe Davis, uh, Dawson Knox. You know, there's a there's a lot of uncertainty. Could I it guess. be that
1: maybe you are just kind of over dramatizing whatever issues might be around Buffalo, and that they'll be just fine, and that they're still the class of the AFC East, uh, and that the Jets have a lot of newness.
0: Of course, they have. A, yeah, they've got a lot of newness. I tell you what, they <laughs> defensively they can be. They can be. I think they were just fourth. Asked, the, just asked DJ Reed. Yeah, I think they were fourth in the league last year as a defense, and they didn't have an offense to complement. Correct. So they got a chance to be really good. Um, yeah. Okay. So what? I love Aaron Rodgers, not as much as Brady, but but I had to go from one hammock to the next. <laughs> Right, I was in I was in Brady's hammock for years. Yes. Now I've gone into Aaron Rodgers' hammock and uh it smells like ghee butter down here. I'll say that. Last one. And mm-hmm. it, it's not a high profile
1: game, Washington at Arizona, but it's the game you're going to be calling for Fox and I think it is important because yeah. it's the first game in the post Daniel Snyder era and man, it's like ding dong the witch is dead and for a a franchise that has always been one of the real flagship franchises in the nfl one of the real glamour franchises mm-hmm. in the nfl boy it'd be nice and maybe this is the first right. step in washington getting back to that
0: that level yeah the w- washington that franchise was one of the crown jewels they were for years and years and years um joe gibbs was there obviously and you know you go all the way to to uh George Allen, Jack Pardee, and you know, you you go back. Uh, even, even uh, people forget this, but uh, but Vince Lombardi coached there, mm-hmm. you know, after his Green Bay stint was over. So, yeah, like you look at Washington, um, I'm telling you what, Mike, and I'm I'm doing the game. You want to talk about loaded, like talent wise, loaded. Now, there's some question marks about their offensive line, defensive line is loaded, wide receiver room loaded. Um, now they've got Sam Howell. You know, he was a former fifth rounder last year. For So, uh, you know, you look at him, what is he going to be? I'm not 100% sure what he's going to be, but there is a lot of talent, and I think that defense has a chance to keep them in every single game. So, um, but it's it's cool, man. It, the one thing about going back and doing this game for – it, it is like, you're like you talk about Dorothy and the Wicked Witch of the West when she throws the water on the Wicked Witch and then all the foot soldiers go, all hail Dorothy, right? Like Daniel Snyder is dead. And everybody is really excited about this team. Even if they're not the, you know, most people would pick them fourth in the NFC East. Um, But I have a feeling this division is going to be kind of tooth and nail all the way through. I think Philly's the class and Dallas has got a lot of talent, but I think the Giants and And Washington both have some toughness about them and some grit about them that they're going to be competitive. One more. We do our radio
1: show in Denver. Uh For the Bronco fans
0: watching, is the Sean Payton debut going to be a success? I believe so. I, I believe so. You want to talk about mechanisms for supporting your quarterback? um game planning wise you know obviously they have had their time with the raiders the vegas raiders have had um, six games in a row they've beaten them last year josh jacobs averaged i think 100 and almost 70 yards per game um so shutting him down devonte adams went wild in the game here in denver last year so you know all those things are you know are part and parcel of what they're going to do it'll be really interesting to see how Sean Payton develops an offensive game plan with limited wide receiving core right now because of injuries and um, and how they run the football and and kind of how they control the tempo of this game. Um, that's going to be really interesting. And to see Russell Wilson and, and the progress that I assume he's going to make under Sean Payton's tutelage. Like, it, it'll be good. Got to have a plan for Max Crosby. Mad Max is an absolute... Um, unrelenting beast when it comes to rushing the passers one of my favorite players to watch uh one of my favorite guys to talk to and that dude is legit good like legit good ready for the moneymaker picks i am ready we'll i am let, ready we'll
1: let you go first okay age before beauty so mm-hmm. go right ahead you get the uh, first of three picks
0: okay because i wrote i wrote these down because you're chicken scratch i can't even read it i wrote these down in my handy dandy notebook um it's absolutely imperative to have a handy-dandy notebook to keep yourself on track. Just a little word of the wise. Okay, so uh, first pick. Uh, it's, Carolina, it's Atlanta at Carolina, right? Is that right? Other way around. Oh, it's at Atlanta? Doesn't matter. I like the Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to surprise a few people. Um, I think their running game is going to be outstanding. Their physicality will be outstanding. I like... The Atlanta Falcons, three and a half, giving up three and a half over Carolina. All right? Okay. So now I'm going to move to Chicago. Is it at Green Bay or the other way around? Green I, Bay at Chicago. Green Bay at Chicago. I See, wrote
1: the little at signature next yeah, to my Yeah, so I
0: thought because you put the first team first and then the second team, usually the second team is the road team. But you did it backwards because. No, I put the favorite on the left. I don't like the way you did it. That's all I'm saying. I don't like so this this could if I go three and always goes on the line. Well, if I go three and zero, we're good. If I lose to you this week, the, the game will be under that. the game will be under protest. Okay, okay. so I went uh, Green Bay at Chicago. Chicago, a one point favorite. I'm taking Green Bay to win that one outright, okay. and then we've got Jacksonville at Indy. I did that right, right? Yes. Jacksonville at Indy. Indy, brand new program. You know, young quarterback. I got Jacksonville off their playoff win last year. I got Jacksonville going in there, giving up five and a half. I'll give the five. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars by a touchdown.
1: All right. Just to be a pain in your butt, I'm going to go opposite your Green Bay pick. Okay, that's your one loss. Uh, I'm going to take Chicago at home, minus one. Jordan Love, I know you're very excited about Jordan Love, but he has thrown a career, 83 passes. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you're asking him to go on the road to Soldier Field and uh, win a, a rivalry game. I think that's going
0: to be tough to do. Oh, I'll take man. Oh, man. Chicago. Man, Justin Fields. It's me, Mike Evans. I'm your biggest fan. Woo, your shoulders look tight. Let me rub your back. Yeah, what a kiss ass. Keep going.
1: Chicago minus one. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Pittsburgh. Plus the two and a half.
0: I know this. I don't even you. know you. Anymore. I know. Oh, I don't
1: even. How know. dare you pick against the Shanahan?
0: Ooh. Why do you hate? Why do you hate Mike and Kyle Shanahan so much? Just, no, you do. I got you do. Lot,
1: I got a lot of respect for Mike Tomlin for all the okay. great things you said earlier in this podcast. Right. You made a point, believer of me. Point to the doll where Mike Shanahan hurts you. <laughs> Go ahead. Where did he hurt? Point to the doll where he hurts you. <laughs> I'll take Pittsburgh plus the two and a half. No, okay. I think, I think Pittsburgh wins outright. I mm-hmm. think they. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm and sure. And the game you're going to be calling i'm i i'm buying the uh the the, the i'm going to call this the ding dong game the ding dong the witch's debt game mm-hmm. and i'm going to take washington minus the seven against arizona they look like a team that's just
0: ready to tank so well i don't like that term tank no no nfl team tanks okay you can't say it i can say it. you can say it but it's just it just is dumb saying tank is dumb um, Cardinal fan, but, you feel me? You want them to tank? Well, Caleb yeah. Williams, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Sam Darnold for the Jets, or Zach Wilson for the Jets. Caleb or, Williams is or, not not these; those two don't even compare to Caleb Williams and
1: how, how people feel about. It. You got a lot of respect for Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton says Caleb Williams is like the best prospect he's seen come out of college a quarterback in a long, long
0: time. Good. Good. Well, that doesn't mean he's going to be a great didn't NFL player. Say that football. about Zach Wilson. Okay. Well, that's that's or fine. Sam Darnold I mean, or Baker Mayfield or Trey Lance or you know there are a lot of guys. Oh, he's rubbing his face. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys. Jeff George was great coming out. Oh, Jamarcus Russell. I mean, he's going to change your franchise. Oh, you know. I mean, on and on. You know how I feel about. You know how I feel about. I don't. I hate quarterbacks. So.
1: You want to share, by the way, really quick before we get out of here, what huh. you
0: said to me earlier about the Heisman Trophy? Oh, it's a garbage award? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's it's a garbage award. The Heisman it, Trophy is a garbage garb- award. It's absolute garbage. Everybody knows that it's garbage. Garbage. One Gar- most,
1: it's, it's one of the most ridiculous. prestigious it's a,
0: trophies handed out every year. It's one of the dumbest trophies handed out every year. Because it, it doesn't go to a, the greatest football player. It goes to the greatest guy who throws the ball. Or catches the ball. Not football. Those guys aren't even like, – quarterbacks they aren't, aren't even football players. I don't even want to get in this conversation. Here, here, it just here.
1: Where did the quarterback hurt
0: you? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, like, Where
1: did the quarterback hurt you? Well,
0: I, I, I told you this on a radio show, and I'll adhere to this. When Terrell Suggs can take, like, 24 sacks in one college season, can have a bunch of tackles for losses, cause a bunch of fumbles, like, can put up the most remarkable statistics. They're, they don't even look real, the stats he put up. His junior year at Arizona State in the Pac-12, a major conference, and not even get invited to the Heisman Award, the Heisman Award ceremony. It's garbage. It's garbage. Absolute utter garbage. They have a don't they have a, a award for the best quarterback? Yes, let's just cancel the Heisman and just keep giving out the whatever it is. What's what's the award? Is that the the Davy O'Brien Davy O'Brien Award. Yeah, or the Maxwell Award, something like who, that. Yeah. Who gives a crap? Uh, hey, for everybody. by the way, by the way, Boy, by the, I'm way glad the games are here. Someone's gotten grumpy without games to call. By the way, you can hit us up on the comment board here on YouTube. Uh, hit us up on the comment board. Um, and I'll let you guys think about this. I'll let you guys pick because we're going to do this like fantasy. At the end of the season, the guy that has the winning record, the guy that wins in the money maker picks. You guys can choose kind of a punishment that guy has to. For the to, loser, for the loser yeah. has to has to accept the punishment yeah. based on the creative ideas of our viewers. Yeah, love it. Yeah, love it. Okay. Uh, For everybody involved in the Sing Truth Podcast, man, we appreciate you guys. Thanks so much for watching. We'll be back with you uh, after the week one games are over.